Hello and welcome to the Euro What, episode 211, dropping on December 5th, 2023. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm here with my co-host, Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. Hey, Mike. In this episode, we'll be talking about a very busy November for the Eurovision preseason. How's it going, Ben? It has been the busiest November news-wise. Last month, I'm like, yeah, we've figured it out. We're checking in on the news once a month. We don't have to like, respond in real time to things that are going to have completely changed in a week from now. And then, oh my gosh. It was working so well. And then it's like, oh, everything is happening now. It's like, oh, okay. Uh- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yes, we can finally talk about the first song that dropped for Eurovision 2024 uh, six months before it actually has to compete. I can finally press publish on our top one YouTube video. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah, France announced on November 8th that they will be represented by Slamane and his song Mon Amour. So Slamane won the Voice of France back in 2016, and he's done kind of the gamut of reality singing competitions. He was on Nouvelle Star, which is basically French Idol. Uh, he was on The X Factor. He's part of the Voice Belgique, both the adult and kids versions. Eurovision seems like a very good fit for his resume. Uh, he's also been a successful contestant to come out of uh, the system i guess (laughs) (laughs) the grinder is that what what yeah yeah like it (laughs) yeah um but yeah he's released three albums that have gone to number one he's had nine top 40 singles as lead artist i assume since you've had a month you've had a chance to listen to the song ben yes i mean with the fact that like it has been almost a month since this song came out i listened to it when it came out Mm -hmm. and i had all my little bullet points in my head and the problem is that i did not write those bullet points down oh no (laughs) because today i was like I need to listen to this song again, which like uh, which is not which does not speak great for the song that I'm like that I couldn't immediately pull it up. On the other hand, the title Mona Moore is a little generic. Thinking about Spotify Wrapped, uh, one of the artists that popped up on my list of songs is Strome, who is a Belgian performer who has a song in his most recent album called Mona Moore. And every time I see Mona Moore, I think of his song. I think this is an indication of what France's strategy is for 2024. There's no difference if this song had dropped on November 8th or March 8th. Like, Fr- France is broadcaster. I have a feeling they're just really overextended. Like, they just hosted Junior Eurovision. They won Junior Eurovision, and they're just, like, trying to decide if they're going to try to host again next year, which would be the third year in a row. I just had the mental image today as I was listening to the song of somebody at, like, France 2 or whatever just taking a big drag of their cigarette and just being like, well, we have uh, Le Jeux Olympique next summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have won Junior Eurovision again. Uh, I, I don't know. Let's just pick. Let's just pick that guy. 
it's a safe pick, I think, for France, because it's somebody who knows how to do televised singing competitions. He's expressed interest in doing Eurovision in the past. Uh, the song is, I think it's perfectly serviceable. Like, it is It is a French entry. Like It, mm-hmm. it, it is the song that France wants to send every year. Exactly. And uh, yeah, like, I, I don't get the sense that they're throwing down the gauntlet because I really have a feeling they don't want to win or at least not have that be front of mind <laughs> at yeah. this point. Yeah, but I think it's, it, sets, it sets a good baseline for... Yeah, it sets a good baseline. Like, it's a good first entry to get to here this year lyrically like just sort of reading through the translation of the lyrics my brain just wants to make it oh this song is not singing to a lover this song is singing to like the eurovision song contest itself do you love me or not because like france has had like some up and down times in the last years uh oh my love come back to paris but maybe not in 2025 we're busy I think he's a big enough name that he probably wouldn't necessarily do like the fan events and stuff. So like, I I think seriously, their strategy is like, okay, we know that you can do this. We don't need to talk again until May when you are flying out there. And even then we'll meet you at the hotel. Is that cool? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just it's just like, hey, if you can like show up at this studio at like end of March, beginning of April, so we can film like a nice video for the fan parties. I would not be surprised if they have already filmed their live to tape backup <laughs> at this point. <laughs> they have filmed the backup performance. They have filmed whatever the backing like thing is going to be on the screens we have next year. They're just, they're just like, we're getting everything done now. Yeah. And I mean, considering the video that they released for, uh, for the debut of the song, it's just like, oh, this is going to be a very minimal performance. They don't need a choreographer. Like, he's just going to probably stand behind a microphone. It's going to stand behind a microphone and we're going to release the curtain of sparks behind him at the pivotal moment of the song. Yep. Yep. Just have to remember to sign the invoice to uh, or- order those sparks. <laughs> so, <laughs> if there is one thing about the song, I wouldn't hate like a slightly more up tempo disco version of it. Like, mm. like if they if they were to give it like the, the Sir Hot I Didn't Know treatment. Mm, okay. Yeah. And, as long as it's somebody else who takes that on, like Fran- France, France's broadcaster is just like, nope, like you do you, we're busy. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, France too is just like, we did it, got all the Christmas shopping done, got all the Eurovision shopping done, we're good. Yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, uh, see y'all in May, I guess. Uh- <laughs> now to take a big sip of my red wine and watch the junior Eurovision results. Yes. Oh no. <laughs> Zutalor. Yeah. All right. Zutalor. Uh- <laughs> Island's 12 points go to. The other news that we have artist-wise is that Greece has selected their artist, and it's Marina Sati. She's a Berkeley alum. She's worked with Bobby McFerrin. She's worked with the EBU European Jazz Orchestra. It feels like a solid choice for Greece. That's the sort of pedigree that you, that I feel like they've gone to before. Yeah, and I was listening to some of her releases on Spotify, and she's gotten a lot of plays. Like She's an established artist. It's a really interesting sound. There's a pop sensibility, but kind of a mix of what would maybe be described as world music for people who don't actually listen to world music. But uh, yeah, like I, I'm very curious to hear what sort of songs are being sent her way because like what 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 is on Spotify right now feels very like interior and kind of restrained um, and kind of reminds me of Tori Amos's Choir Girl Hotel era. And I mean that in a positive way. Okay, uh, but yeah, like it doesn't feel quite. It doesn't have the bombast of Eurovision, so I'm 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 curious if there's going to be something like that thrown her way. She has so many different influences and combination of genres, uh, like a lot of Mediterranean, a lot of Balkan, sort of trap stylings mixed in there, and yeah, like she she's. I'm I'm very curious to learn more about her. 
Greece has had a public submission for potential songs that closed on December 1st. So it will be interesting to see how they combine this artist with the songs that come in and to see what ultimately results from that. Yeah, yeah. And they are avoiding the mistake that they made last year of their like convoluted committee process. <laughs> I, I did appreciate that in like the news updates about this that they called out very like very publicly that like we will not be using the committee pro- process used for this year's entry and like yeah that didn't work out yeah yeah it's just like a lot a lot of own goals and uh hurdles that they didn't necessarily need to have in the rollout they've also been debating like whether or not to do a national final or some sort of public aspect to the selection process but it's it sounds like they're going to go fully internal on this but it's interesting that they pick the artist without really any songs to pair her with at the time of selection. So um, yeah, Greece will be one to watch, I think. All right. So in terms of overall 2024 planning, the slogan for next year's contest will be United by Music. And if that sounds familiar, it's because that was the slogan for 2023. And it's going to be the slogan going forward. I mean, it's a very good slogan. I agree. And I think the video that they use to make the announcement, like they did this sort of montage of all of the slogans that they've had for the last 20 years. And I think that made a solid case for why they should just have one permanent slogan. <laughs> like, as, as a person who has used the, the deep well of previous slogans entirely for joke purposes, mm-hmm. consistent branding is nice. Yes. And I mean, it's like one more thing to take off the checklist. I I think that may be a theme of this year's Eurovision. Why are we coming up with a completely new slogan every year when the slogans that we have just sort of sound like the list of themes from the pageant that Kirstie Alley Mm -hmm. goes through in Drop Dead Gorgeous? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad that they're sticking with this one. And and maybe it was just a case of like it took 20 years of brainstorming. It's like, oh, good. We finally found one that uh, actually works. And then... Tickets have happened already. We don't even know the full participation list or who's in what semi yet, but uh, tickets are gone now. I was looking at the response to the announcement that tickets were going to be going on sale on November 28th. Taking it with a grain of salt because the people who are going to respond on your Facebooks and your Instagrams and your Twitters and whatnot are going to be the the big Euro fans. But like, it felt kind of mixed. Oh, really? Yeah, a lot of it was... We don't know who's in what semi. We, like, how do I know which semi to buy tickets for if I don't know what artists I want to try and see live? For me, it feels slightly too early, but like, I like Sweden is just like very on the ball and just trying to get everything in place. So I also get it. For me, it feels early just because we've not heard anything about stage design yet. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so like the tickets that you're selling. It still feels kind of theoretical at this point, and it's it's actually making me wonder, are they just going to use the same design as, like, 2013, which is well within the realm of possibility? Mm-hmm. This year's Melfest was very eco-focused, and they were using a lot of the same staging elements from 2022, so... It would not surprise me if they're if Sweden's just like yeah we're gonna be we're gonna be a little bit greener we're gonna be, recycle a bunch of these staging elements because like recycling staging elements is not unheard of with regards to Eurovision that's the whole deal with 1980 right right and yeah like on the most recent episode of the Amazing Race they were talking about Sweden's recycling culture and that they're actually importing garbage to help yeah like at this point they are so. importing other people's stuff to recycle if it's a greener contest I think that's great but it just feels like I don't know. 
the train cars are out of order and the caboose is in the middle. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, it feels just, just just like a scosh early to to be sold out of wave one of tickets before December. On the plus side, and speaking mostly as someone who gave several money to Ticketmaster.co.uk, the contest was looking more affordable, especially given that the arenas are about the same size. For these semifinal preview shows, tickets were in the range of like $14 for the cheap seats to $75. Hmm. For the actual semifinal that goes up to like $50 for the cheap seats to 230 for the good stuff. Uh, and then for the grand final, you're looking at 82 to 362 for tickets. I'm glad to see that the price is going down slightly. Would love to see those higher ends go a little bit lower again, just given what those ranges have been in previous years. Yeah. The last time that Melmo hosted, that was an austerity Eurovision. Like they were trying to recover from being like, yeah, Baku was way too expensive. We need to bring some sanity back to this process. So yeah, maybe that that is one of the goals this year as well. Also, just like how did Ticketmaster.se compare to Mm. (laughs) Ticketmaster.co.uk? It's just like just like any I mean, just as an American, anytime I see Ticketmaster, I'm like, ah crap. I did not try to get tickets. I mean the one thing about the tickets are available in November is like, oh yeah, I don't think I'm going to Sweden next year. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, do not have to stress about that. But seeing people posting on Blue Sky about their ticket buying experience and queue numbers in the 300,000s. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, wow. I'm glad I did not wake up at four in the morning for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there will be a second wave of tickets. We will learn more about that once they, we know probably something about the staging and how many floor seats there are yeah. still available. And what countries are competing and such. Which semifinals are competing in. Getting back to a more normal schedule of things, the ESC 250 countdown voting is open. It will be closing out this coming Sunday, December 10th. So if you've not submitted your ballot, this is more a note for me. Get that submitted as soon as possible. This year's countdown is moving to a new venue. It's going to be on France EFR 12 which is a online radio station. And the countdown will be New Year's Eve day, December 31st. And we'll be counting down the top 250 songs as voted by the fans. Very much looking forward to this year's countdown, particularly this new venue, which was kind of a surprise that it was a switch. I looked into that, or at least I saw some stuff about that. And ESC Radio is also doing their own 250 countdown. Yeah, I had no idea about this drama until you did this research. (laughs) Yeah, apparently uh, songfestival.be, who runs the ESC 250, had some difficult collaboration with ESC Radio uh, and didn't really want to say anything about it until ESC Radio was like, we're doing a 250 as well. Apparently, the results of last year's countdown, where uh, Euphoria was knocked to second place and Slow Mo was the number one song in the countdown, uh, ESC Radio did not agree with that result, which is fine. But uh, yeah, it was a much more public disagreement than I had completely missed it. But that was probably because I was getting ready for like New Year's Eve stuff. Yeah, because so. because I, I was being a normal human being with New Year's Eve plans. I'm glad the countdown is continuing regardless. And this year should be a really interesting year in terms of results, just because we have like a very popular uh, fan favorite that came out of this year's contest. And uh-huh. uh, Lorene has two songs. <laughs> which could split the vote, which could split the vote. I say as someone who has submitted their ESC 250 with very strategic guides, guidelines in mind. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and also just the fact that it's just like, well, slow-mo is also still in the mix. And the other songs that are typically in the top 10. So I, it feels like it's much more 
up for grabs this yeah, year. Yeah, it does. I, I'm really hoping that there's some wild stuff. Social network song, this could be your year. No. Yeah. <laughs> it probably won't be on my ballot this year. I think I've given up that fight. So <laughs> Yeah. I mean I mean at some point I should give up the ghost of getting Yada and Don into the two fifty, but I'm gonna keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I I think Sufi was the uh yeah, like Sufi had his moment, like that's that was us coming together that one time, and I think that's all we can do. Yeah, yeah. So good luck to everybody who is voting in this. I hope all of your choices make it. Mathematically, I know that's not possible, but you know. So <laughs> But it's the thought that counts. Yes. Let's talk about some social media stuff, because we're not on Twitter anymore. I think the last thing that we posted was the link to the Aline episode that we did. Was that back in October? Like, it was a while ago. And things have deteriorated there since then, uh, if you've not been paying attention. (laughs) I I think I've joked multiple times, possibly even on this program, that I was going to be scuttling around in the ceiling of Twitter and chewing on the wiring. I deleted all my tweets, save for a few greatest hits, and I'm just not there now. I've not gone to that degree. I've just made my personal account private. We've pretty much moved shop over to Blue Sky. We still have our Instagram as well. Uh, all of it is at EuroWhat as usual. But um, yeah, and like Blue Sky is still invite only, which is kind of annoying. But we are swimming in codes. So yeah, uh, like if you, if you want an invite, say hi at EuroWhatPodcast at gmail.com. It's fun over there. The Eurovision community is building. Hashtags still aren't a thing just yet but there is a eurovision feed and it's good and just in general it has the vibe that i enjoyed at twitter the most of all the various replacements come on and join us over there it's a lot of fun we should also talk about what we are doing over on our patreon thank you again to everybody who is supporting us on patreon it really does help with getting this main show produced Ben, you did an episode about Scopatone earlier in November and, yeah, learned a lot about kind of the history of music videos and some really weird production choices that feel very Eurovision-y. Later this month, we will be doing our wrap-up of uh, pop culture in 2023 and what other media we've been consuming. So head on over to patreon.com slash eurowhat, and you'll be able to join the feed, get our entire catalog of bonus episodes. The Media Diet episode will be dropping on December 26th. Malta had 36 songs that they are considering over the course of four weeks, but it wasn't like last year's presentation where it was just endless. Uh, These were all contained within their Friday night program show. (laughs) Yeah, which, uh, yeah, if you're going to name a show that, um, great SEO. Anyway, it actually was a good way to present it, mainly because it uh, moved along very quickly. Like, they had... Five songs, commercial break, four more songs, they're done for the week. It's awesome. Twelve finalists emerged, and they are now filming their live-to-tape performances to be released in January. Ben, did you watch any of the Malta process? I watched the first week. I came in like maybe five minutes late on the first week, but managed to miss nothing, which was great. Thank you, Malta. Watched it. Sort of took it in was like, this is a little bit more rough drafty than I want to engage with these songs and then did not show up for any of the other weeks. I watched all four weeks because I didn't have much going on Fridays. I should have because like, it's just like, it's like 3 p.m. on a Friday. I don't have anything else going on. I should just put this on. But yeah. 
none of the songs really caught my ear in a way that was like, oh, this this could be a contender. Again, these are all very much like demo versions, rough drafts, uh, some of them rougher than others. But uh, the 12 that advanced, I have no real beef with. I was looking through the notes that I was making for the ones that didn't get through. And a lot of those notes were like good vocal, boring song. Pretty sure I have eight other versions of this in my playlists. Uh, leather pants aren't for everyone. Um, <laughs> camera does not know what to do and word salad. And also just various iterations of, eh? Of the 12 that did advance, a couple of the ones that are, are noteworthy, Ryan Healy, who won X Factor Season 3, which used to be Malta's way of selecting their artists. And he was also the runner-up in last year's uh, Malta Eurovision Song Contest. So uh, definitely one to keep an eye on. Uh, another one to keep an eye on, Matt Black. I think that's how you're supposed to pronounce it. There's an X in the middle there. He was third place in last year's MESC. So they're, they're probably the two frontrunners of the group. And this is also Matt's third consecutive MESC final appearance. And those just feel like good ones to watch of the 12. None of the contestants from week three advanced. And that was correct. That was a very boring 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that happens. The final for Malta will be happening sometime in January. I don't think they've locked down a date on that just yet. Elsewhere in selection news, East Ulal has released its lineup, and we have 15 semifinal acts who will meet up with five automatically qualified acts for the final. Looking in the semifinal, uh, Laura, who represented uh, Estonia in 2005 and 2017 and has popped up in selections for Estonia and Finland, is in the mix. The band's Traffic, that's Stig Ross's band. He's done Eurovision before in 2015. And then Ewart and the Two Dragons, who have Ivo Etty, who represented them in 2003, are there. Uh, and then Ollie, the East Lyle 2023 runner-up, is in the semifinals. And then in the automatic qualifiers, Brother Apollo, Carlos Ukureda, Daniel Levy, Nelelis Veksu, and Udo Sepp in Sarah Murray. The songs drop this Friday. The semifinal is January 20th. The final is February 17th. So lots to look forward to there. Yeah, I'll be curious to hear the auto qualifiers versus the semifinalists. Like, I'm, I'm very curious what Estonia is trying to go for. Yeah, because like it feels like shades of what Norway has done a couple of uh, Grand Prix mm -hmm. that hasn't always worked because sometimes if the if when you look at the final of Norway, often it's the auto qualifiers. Like, what if you guys just built the final of out of all auto qualifiers? Over in Spain, they've announced the sixteen contestants that will be competing at Benidorm, and it is all new contestants this year. This is the third year of Benidorm. The ones that I'm keeping an eye on include Maria Palay. Uh, she, <laughs> our favorite show, Your Face Sounds Familiar. Cursed program. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cursed program. She finished third on her season of that show. And one of the acts that she performed was an imitation of Barbara Pravi in Doing Voila. She's also written songs that have been on the shortlist for previous Spanish Eurovision entries. So she's here to play. 
And then uh, Jorge Gonzalez, uh, he tried to represent Spain in 2009. So that is a another like Eurovision connection. I don't know. I, I feel like it, it's a good idea to root for the contestants that have uh, expressed previous interest in the contest. The songs for Benidorm will be released on December 14th, which is a week from this coming Thursday. And the festival will be starting the week of January 29th. So we'll have about six weeks to sit with the songs and uh, pick our favorites. Sweden dropped the list of the 30 competitors for this year's Melody Festival. And there's no previous winners, but half the field are Melfest alumni, which I think that's just a Melfest thing. Just like every year, half of the field, or if if not more, are Melfest alumni. Like there's a, I, I was doing some number crunching when I was pulling together the Sweden episode and repeat performers at, at Melfest, Kel Surprise. With the alumni piece of it my only concern is that in the first heat five out of the six acts are alumni uh so melina borglo uh who is not a melfest alum uh may have their work cut out for them yeah oh and the song is in swedish too Uh oh yeah we'll see how it goes amidst the various alumni casiopeia who was part of melfest 2022 as a performer uh, and has notably co-wrote Tattoo and Wonderland, the song that won the Soul Season of American Song Contest, is in the mix. I liked her Melfest 2022 entry. She seems fun. This does remind me, I forgot to look through the songwriters for the 30 entries to see what the, what the uh, d- Jimmy per capita is. <laughs> yeah, how, so. <laughs> many, how many Jimmies? How many Jimmies? Azerbaijan has been kind of dropping hints on what their process has been. It's like a multi-stage internal process. Uh, They started with 214 songs and 16 acts were invited to audition for a live panel. Six of those acts were invited to a second stage, uh, which I believe this is the short list. I don't know if there's going to be any further rounds after this. And one of the acts that is still in that group of six is ISIL, who represented Azerbaijan back in 2018. Um, unfortunately, she is the first Azeri act to not qualify. So um, I'm hoping that's not being held against her because I like her. I uh, like her 2018 song was not my favorite, but the rest of her catalog, I really like her voice. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm uh, the fact that she's made it this far like is a good sign that they're uh, not holding a grudge. Mm hmm. Ukraine has shortlisted 10 acts out of the 20 they were looking at for this year's selection. Uh, amidst the the alumni in the list of 20, the one that popped out to me was Carpet Man, you know, from Kalush Orchestra. Great publicity photo that was included. <laughs> but also at the time when they're like, yeah, we're having everybody come and perform for us. I'm like, I just saw him a day ago in in Cambridge performing live like when is he gonna pop back over to ukraine to do that he's busy manning the merch table right now is he is he supposed to be over there or does he get to do like a video audition or something it turned out to i didn't need to worry he did not make the short list of 10 acts although although the audience gets to choose a wild card from those 10 so we could still see carpet man melovine who represented him in 2018 and notably popped out of a piano is in the mix uh and then other vidbeer alums uh alyona alyona who i believe i saw at iceland airwaves in 2019 at least partially, uh, is teaming up with uh, also Vidbeer alum Jerry Heil. It's a good list, and I mean, like, of of course, it's Ukraine. I mean, it's, it, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's Ukraine. <laughs> they'll they'll be fine. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that the 2018 alums seem to be popping up again. So uh, yeah, I guess we'll see like how how many returning acts could be going to Eurovision this year. 
on one hand, it's, it's interesting that a bunch of stuff from like five years ago is just like, hello, we're back. On the other hand, if you look at how current alumni are doing, uh, like Eurovision is like a pretty decent platform these days. We had been following the the MTV European Music Awards, and that had three of this year's competitors in Best Nordic Act. Karia won the EMA for Best Nordic Act, and like also on the list of winners, Monoskin, John's Tears. Nice. Uh, and then I have continued to follow the the tumblr fandom charts that come out every week just because it's a it's a it's an interesting thing to just see like how that particular corner of the internet is uh processing pop culture and they released the the 2023 year in review lists uh a couple days ago and Kario was on the uh music uh, the music artists list at 52nd what blew my mind is that joker out was at 21st oh wow huh yeah, I was like, when did that happen? Have I been paying attention to the wrong pony in this horse race? I feel like those two things are highly connected on some level. Oh, yeah, I've I've seen those posts. But the fact that like Joker out uh overtook Karia on that is um interesting. Yeah. I mean, like I don't really have a sense of the geographic distribution of Tumblr. Like yeah. if it's like bigger in like Slovenia than it is in Finland or how it's driving those numbers. Yeah, just like part of the factor here, boy band. Yeah, I know what you mean. I just don't think of them in boy band the way that I think of like yeah, BTS and boy band. I, 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 there's something of like a One Direction factor happening there. Of like, there's distinct, there's distinct boys with personalities, yeah. and the internet loves that. <laughs> boys with the motion still making hit in Eurovision land. Uh, but also in that list, uh, Blind Channel. So hey, Finland and Tumblr. Who knew? I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thanks for listening. The Euro What Podcast is hosted by Mike McComb, that's me, and Ben Smith. That's me. If you'd like to help support the show and access a ton of bonus content, head over to patreon.com slash EuroWhat. Free access to our full archive of more than 200 episodes going all the way back to the 2018 contest can be found on our website, EuroWhat.com. Next time on the EuroWhat, we'll catch up with Czechia, Italy, and even more December headlines. <laughs> <laughs>